0: You hear the words sobriety and recovery used interchangeably all the time, but there is a distinct difference. And if you want to live a fulfilling life without alcohol, it's really important that you understand what these words mean. It's common for people who have never heard this explained before to end up saying, I've been sober for a while, but I just realized I haven't been recovering. If you've ever felt confused and wondered what the difference is, We're here to answer your questions.
1: Welcome to Through the Glass Recovery Podcast, where we believe that connection is the opposite of addiction, vulnerability is the antidote to shame, and that recovery isn't just rewarding, but it's also a lot of fun. We're your hosts, Steve and Julie. Listen as we get together with friends to shed light on the hard things, talk about the other side of addiction, And how we create a life so full, there's no space left for alcohol.
0: As always, don't forget to leave a review or a rating for this podcast wherever you're listening from. Those reviews go a really long way in getting our content out to more people. And that's our ultimate goal, to get the conversations to the people who need to hear them. And if you've already left a review, thank you so much. We really appreciate it.
1: All right, everyone. It is nice to see you all here. It is going to be me introducing everyone tonight. Julie is not available, so uh, your host is Steve. Nice to have you all here. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to start out with introductions, and I will start out with... We have John and Johnny. I'm going to start out with Johnny. Johnny, how
2: are you tonight? I am wonderful, my man. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. It's good to have you here. My name is Johnny Joy. Yes, that is my real name. I stole my wife's name when we got married because it was just too cool, the last name. I was in radio for about eight and a half years, and so I was Johnny Joy on the radio. Everyone thought that was my my uh, stage name. But in fact, my real name, uh, I am approaching 10 years sober. Uh, that'll be May um, or March 15th. I had to look. 3,566 days as of today. Right Five million one hundred thirty-six minutes if you're counting. <laughs> Who's counting, right? One minute who's Yeah, this app's been running. Uh, apparently, I've saved $576,000 as well. So I lived in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I've been here uh, the majority of my life. I've lived up and down the front range. I spent a little time in Newport Beach, California uh, on my second stint in recovery. I am now currently, uh, I guess, self-employed. I left radio to focus, one, on being a dad. I've got a four-year-old and eight-month-old. They're absolutely amazing. I've got an incredible wife. We just moved into a brand new home, which is uh, our dream home. Never thought it'd be possible, but another one of those wonderful things about recovery. And uh, I'm currently developing an app. The app is available at the Play Store and App Stores called called Sobriotry, and it's a complete and total resource for all things recovery. It doesn't tell you how to get sober. It just tells you ways that you might find recovery that fit you best. Really cool. And
1: that's how we found each other. That's how we met. That's really awesome. Thank you for being here, Johnny. Thank you for having me. And thank you for everything that you do. Uh, next we will go with Robbie.
3: Hello, I'm Robbie. I live in Rapid City, South Dakota. Today is 386 days of sobriety. Yes, uh, I have me on. Thank you. Thank you. So I have a podcast. I'm a co-host of a podcast called Golden Hour Adventures, and I'm happy to be here.
1: All right. Thanks for joining us, Robbie. Last minute. Really appreciate it. Uh,
4: next we will go with John up. I'm John Cerrone, uh, author of Parables, Musings from an Addict on the Journey Toward Wholeness, which is like a philosophy and self-help book about my struggles with addiction and recovery. Uh, I'm a little over four and a half years sober from drugs and alcohol. Um, I also run a general wellness podcast called Feel Free. Yeah, just uh, happy to be here. Hopefully it can inspire people to live a better life, you know? Absolutely. Happy to have you finally join us. We've followed John and John's
1: followed us per- pretty much since the very beginning, since we opt on Instagram. So it's finally nice to sit down and have a conversation with you, John. It really is. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And last but not least, Haley, how are you tonight?
5: I'm good. How are y'all? Uh, um, Haley Delajman or Haley D or giggle. 342 days sober. <laughs> Stop loving. <laughing. laughs> 342 days sober. I kind of just um, post on my platform, which is my personal space for the most part, about my sobriety journey and the reason why I got sober was because the actual disease of cirrhosis caused by alcohol. So that's pretty much what I do and Spray hope, do the output.
1: You absolutely do do that, Haley. So thank you very much for being here and joining on the conversation. And at the very last minute, I picked up the phone and <laughs> yeah. called uh, Haley and then said, Hey, can you join us? And then she hopped on Zoom. So here she is. I really appreciate you spending some time with us tonight.
5: Thanks for having me.
1: So let's jump right in. We often hear people use the words sobriety and recovery interchangeably. I think it's important that we make a distinction though. It's important for people who have quit drinking alcohol or using drugs to understand the difference between sobriety and recovery. So how do you define them? What is recovery to you? And tell us some stories about what that looks like in your life. So just fire away.
2: The floor is yours. All of all of yours. <laughs> okay. Sobriety versus recovery. I mean, to the, if you want to look at the basic sobriety is going to be you know that you are free of any influence of mind-altering substances, be it alcohol, drugs, uh, even pharmaceuticals, because a lot of people think that doesn't really count, but it counts, certainly if it's not being used in the appropriate manner. So that would be the first basis term of sobriety recovery to me is the, the sobriety of what's happening between your ears. You know the, the the term sobriety is what's happening inside your body, what you're putting in your body, what's affecting your brain. But the recovery portion is clearing up the mess that caused everything to go haywire in the first place. Um, because I know a lot of sober people that are far from recovered. You know the term dry drunk or the, you know the, uh, there's a number of different variations of it, but uh, recovery to me. So, and it doesn't really go over well because I'll go to an AA meeting, you know, for a friend. I don't typically go to meetings much anymore. I've, I've kind of found my own, my own path that works. But, you know, when I say, my name's Johnny, I'm a recovered alcoholic, it doesn't really go over terribly well because I've recovered as of right now from, you know, the disease of alcoholism. Could it come back? Sure. It's like saying, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in remission from like a cancer can it come back? Yes, I need to be very mindful of that, but as of right now I'm recovered from it. And it's something I monitor obviously on a daily basis, but the the recovery portion is is the self-work, is the self the self-help that you're doing reading books like John wrote, studying personal development, doing podcasts like this, seeing it a shrink, going to meetings, whatever it takes to untangle why it is that you behaved the way you did. Roughly. <laughs> Keep it
1: on going. Who's who, who's who's next?
3: I'll go. You know, when I started this journey in uh, sobriety, I just started all alone. I had another person with me, my sister, that we both decided to make decision. But I'd, I learned really fast. I needed a connection, and those first ninety days, I didn't have any really connect and real any real connection, and I was struggling. I was struggling bad. I didn't know what who I was that's still something I'm working on that's the recovery part for me definitely but it was taking one day at a time just trying to make it through the day and I didn't feel good it was hard then once I got some connection and started learning what real recovery is that's when the growth started happening and kind of like you were saying Johnny Joy um you have to grow I think if you choose a life of sobriety and you don't continue to grow you're just still going around as that same person you're just not using any substances so for me continuing to grow find out who I really am as a person because I numbed pretty much from 16 to 44 of my life I never I never knew who I was I just numbed myself all the time Then when I stopped using, that's when I really started learning about myself. And it's really night and day. And I know if I don't take the steps to keep growing, I will fall back, take step backwards to where I was when I quit using substances. And that's not the life I want to live. So I guess that's where recovery is for me right now is growing, learning about myself and having the courage. To take those leaps of faith, to trust my instinct, and keep moving forward to be a better person for my future.
2: Love it, man.
4: Love it. Can't really have um, one without the other. Getting yeah. you. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, go for it, John. Appreciate oh, sure. it. So, uh, sobriety to me is more like a. Without getting too philosophical, it's it's like a state a state of being. You know the the abstinence from mind-altering chemicals and substances. So, you know, alcohol and and hard drugs, you know, I'm not going to throw shade at two of my favorite chemicals, which would be nicotine and caffeine, because in, in recovery, I've learned in meetings and with my mentor, you know, the nicotine and the caffeine are okay. They're not like the other two, you know, um, but which leads to the recovery part, which is a process. You know, the sobriety is a prerequisite for recovery, in my opinion, you know, in order to fully recover, you need to be completely sober. So recovery to me isn't really just healing from the consequences and the turmoil that our addictions caused. It's healing from the problems we had before that we were trying to run from originally, which is what Johnny Joy had originally said, To Also, with what Robbie said, he was, you were saying that you were alone during your first days in recovery. It was the same thing with me. I had social anxiety. I actually had a therapist and a mentor. I didn't even hit up meetings and stuff. I just kind of like strong armed my sobriety from the start from um, alcohol, cocaine, ecstasy, a whole bunch of different different things. I did a lot of self-work and I actually slipped up in the last year, not with my sobriety. I'm still sober to this day, but if you're not doing the correct work, like you know, playing too many video games, you're eating fast food, you know, you, you start to let the addictive personality seep in the one that originally destroyed you. So after the last couple months of taking my health seriously, again, I've now realized that recovery needs to be taken just as seriously as my sobriety, you know, otherwise, like everyone's been saying, you got your dry drunks, you got people who are sober that aren't really looking to find out who they really are, you know? And I'm not trying to run and hide from who I am anymore because I know deep down that every addict has a beautiful soul. You just got to do the work to to find it, you know? So, yeah.
5: I'm going to go up a little bit of what both of y'all said. So I wasn't really alone, alone as far as people around me. I had an absent husband in my house. that <laughs> He just let me be sober as soon as I got mm-hmm. out of the hospital. So I felt alone, and I went straight to social media and... um I started, you know, looking for hashtags of people that are similar stories because I was a closet alcoholic, huge closet alcoholic. I'm saying I didn't have a chance to even think about having a sober life because I just went from straight buck every day to death. I died. I didn't have a chance. So that's what happened on January 11th of this year. That was my experience of getting sober, 17 minutes of death. And then you know, about a month in the hospital afterwards so that I've been recovering this entire time. And so I got out on social media and that's where I found my people, like where I could finally decide or figure out who Haley was, not Haley Delashman, not just the girl that just sits at home and doesn't go anywhere because that's not me. So I've just been this whole past 11 months um, recovering just so I can get Hopefully, by the grace of God, get a liver transplant. So it's just a constant recover every day, every day. And then, and like you said, the sober, like the staying sober, the space between. Like there's no outside, like drugs or alcohol. But then you you had to recover and restore everything there too. So I kind of felt like the way my doctor had explained it when I woke up and got out. He said your whole brain will re um rewire itself and that was like okay well i have to decide who i am right the past 11 months trying to figure out who am i now so doing the steps and recovering out loud been <laughs> great for me on my journey
1: recovery yeah. has been a whole laundry list of discovering who steve really is and Allowing myself to make mistakes and then getting back up and then trying again, because I don't think I, I don't think we in general are going to figure out what that looks like until I start figuring out where I'm aligned and what things are good for me and what things I actually like. And, and I think that's part of my recovery journey too, because I liked a lot of the things that other people liked because they liked them and I wanted to be liked. And because of that, I didn't know really what, like, you know, let go right down to my favorite color. It was just, it, w- it was this repetition of stuff that was to make sure that I didn't stand out from the crowd so I could try and fit into the crowd. And then until I really found out and then started to find out what Steve likes and what Steve, who Steve is and, who his people are like who who do i actually connect with um how do i feel all of these things sobriety was really the what it is what am i going to do to fix my physical problem my physical addiction what am i going to do to stop that and john you know you you, you talked about not throwing shade to uh, nicotine or caffeine right? Like I I won't throw shade to caffeine and I won't throw shade to nicotine either. I mean, it's all about what works for you and when, and that journey is yours and yours alone to determine. I quit smoking uh, about eight months in to my journey. and, And I said, that was enough. I got mad. See, when I quit something, I get really pissed off at myself. And, and and I say like I, that's it I'm done it wasn't like that one with alcohol the lie was just too big to carry when it came to alcohol it was just I'm done with this it wasn't so lonely for me right at the beginning because I went and found I didn't know I was looking for connection I just went and found people I showed up to a meeting and I was welcomed and I was like this is weird because it's absolutely terrifying and but recovery is the how, right? Is how am I gonna stay sober today? And if that means doing nothing and and, and and I'm successfully sober, then, and I've had a lot of those days where I've done sweet Jack and I've felt really low, and I've felt depressed and lonely and all of those things. But recovery was really figuring out how to survive all of those uncomfortable moments. We are gonna take a quick break in production here to let you know Through the Glass Recovery is more than just a podcast.
0: We offer tons of free resources to help support your recovery. We host weekly support meetings. We offer a free private Facebook group dedicated to supporting one another's sobriety. And we have a weekly newsletter full of resources, articles, and information to keep you heading in the right direction.
1: And if you're ready to take your recovery a step further, we offer affordable one-on-one coaching as well. Visit our website to learn more about scheduling a call with Julie or myself. We would love to sit down with you at no charge and see how we can best support your journey to recovery.
0: Visit our website at throughtheglassrecovery.com for more information about everything we offer.
1: And then turn around... And learn a healthy emotional response to what life throws at me.
2: I mean, life's always, 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 always going to be uncomfortable, you know, and we think somehow in sobriety, especially like right when you first get sober, one, you think everyone's going to celebrate you. They're not, but you know, the, the, the social media will celebrate you. That's, that's, uh, you know, plenty plenty fun, but you know, the, the friends and your family that you may have, you know, screwed over, or you, you know, the, the trail of wreckage you left, you know, people don't quite forgive that, even though you've got 14 days sober, you know, uh, <laughs> you, you might think that, that you've got it figured out. And, and, and just exactly what you said, Steve, is figuring out how to deal with life's problems on life's terms and doing it sober. You know, I mean, now at almost 10 years, you know it's it's like a reflex for me now, but I would also be lying if I had said that you know there are moments you know there are moments where I go you know what you know what I but I look it around you're nice right now wouldn't yeah. it? yeah right yeah, but I also tell people I treat it like a peanut allergy is like is like I love peanuts, I love them I love them, but if I eat them, they'll they'll f and kill me you know that's how I got treated alcohol but uh you know and I put it on my social media yesterday it's like i mean i'll I'll turn this right now that's a fully stocked bar right there. That's, that's for my wife and guests when they come over. I can't avoid it, and I'm not going to make my problem everyone else's problem. So that also took a lot of work, and that's the, the recovery piece, the saying, yes, that's there. It's everywhere. But if I'm going to go by the mantra that I could never be around alcohol and I could never be around drugs, that means I'm never going to go to a concert again. I'm never going to go to a Bronco game again. I'm never going to you know go to a party again. I'm never going to go meet my friends at a bar again. You know, you have to learn, and I'm not saying right away, I'm not saying in your first month or your first year, they're not comfortable, don't do it, you know, but just learning to know what recovery means to you. You know, I have $100,000 later and, and four 30-day treatment plans that didn't work for me. and finally took me landing in the emergency room with a 0.54 BAC. And, you know, all the doctors look around and say, like, you shouldn't even be alive. You know, like nurses, like, how are you even talking? My sister died in a fentanyl overdose 21 years ago. Then fentanyl was a thing 21 years ago, and you know she, she was she had her master's degree. She's a teacher. She's a real smart gal. But my dad abandoned us when you know she was 13 years old. Screwed her up. That's her trauma, you know. And and finally, I I did a five day detox. I was on benzos and and booze and drinking eight bottles of wine a day plus a 12 pack plus 12 milligrams of Adderall. I mean, I was I was messed up. Hey, and the first thing I finally found a therapist, the first thing he said to me, goes, just tell me why you can't you pull your head out of your ass. His first words to me. And I was like, you son of a bitch. I don't know. <laughs> At that point on, I was like, it's all my fault. It really is all my fault. Now, what happened to me as a kid, that wasn't my fault. You know, I was a kid. My dad left. That wasn't my fault. You know, some some shitty things went down. Maybe not my fault. But my response to them and my reaction to them and my recovery from them, one hundred percent my responsibility. And so once I started gathering that, I was like, "Well, shit, this is this will actually maybe be a little bit more simpler. It won't necessarily be easy, but it's way more simple than I realized." And taking
1: ownership of your own stuff is absolutely terrifying. It's terrifying. It really is. And that—that's recovery, right? Like taking ownership that, of your own stuff, and. Realizing what's yours and what isn't, and then what do I need to do to move through it? Yeah, go for yeah. it, John. John's got John's got words on his
4: on, on his tongue <laughs> now. I could see it. You know, I was gonna say it was it was funny when you said uh, you know your friends and family aren't gonna aren't gonna praise you for your 14 days sober, and that resonated with me because like even when I got to a year and two years, like everybody celebrates that because they they knew what had happened you know, just the trail of wreckage that you described. And, um, I think it's, I think it's interesting because people don't praise you all the time. You know, sometimes like you said, you can't avoid the booze. You can't avoid the parties. I still like going to concerts too, you know, live music, the drugs and the alcohol are everywhere. But knowing when there's a limit has been my part of recovery. It's like, okay, I just went to a wedding a couple of weeks ago and people are asking me to go out to a bar or a concert this next month I'm like you know I I just don't feel like it you know I'm just gonna stay in and chill you know and taking accountability for that is you know I used to get sad in the first year or two I'm like I'm missing out on life you know and uh now after you know three or four years I'm like I'm so happy to just have my peace of mind when I say no to dodging life because i know that as i'm dodging it i'm getting healthier i'm getting stronger i'm getting more connected to myself you know i don't have to feel obligated to to do shit you know i want to tell your smile man you can tell in your smile it's (laughs) it's there man (laughs) i i know but you know some people like even the people that praise you for your sobriety it's like sometimes they throw a little like snide remark and it's just like oh why can't you just come out you know or just some shit like that you know and i'm like, like, I don't really care. You know, I'm, I'm literally reaching the pinnacle of my health mentally, physically, and emotionally right now. And I'm just not going to let anyone, I'm going to let the words bounce off me. It's like, you're wearing a bulletproof vest for the world's shit right now. And, uh, it's invigorating. It is, but it is, it is all trial and error. The recovery process, like, like I mentioned before, I had a couple bad habits in the last year. Just, I dealt with loss of some childhood pets Um, stayed sober through it all from the drugs and alcohol. But, you know, I started smoking cigars, eating fast food, burritos and ice cream. You know, you watch the spiral effect, right? And I wasn't taking my recovery seriously. And it took my one buddy, Brandon, coming into town. He's 11 months or 12 months sober from heroin and alcohol. And he just came in a month ago and he just lit a fire under my ass. And I'm just like, damn, he's got that energy like that that love for life right now and I remember having that in early sobriety I'm like ready for life and I hit one bump and I'm not proud to be myself again so the recovery like Steve originally said it's just getting back up you know it's finding out what works for you and uh, it's got to be around sober people I think that's what recovery is all about
3: I'm glad you guys mentioned a couple things with you know concerts and outings and stuff like that I don't think that gets talked about enough because a lot of times when we, you know, take the choice of sobriety, uh, the message is to give up everything that could, and I hate using this word, trigger you. But for a lot of people, like myself and you guys, I love concerts. I love going out and doing all that kinds of stuff. And that wasn't something I was willing to give up. I was willing to give up alcohol and drugs. But I wasn't allow- I wasn't gonna allow myself to give up music and concerts and parties, and other things, uh, so right off the bat, I had to make a conscious decision, like, I need to make sure that I can be around it, and not use it, and you hear a lot that that's not the right way to go, and it really frustrates me to hear that, because if you have a love for something that doesn't have to do with who you were, and you enjoy it, you should still be able to go out there and enjoy it, because that's part of who you are, Going into recovery is about making your life more full, more pleasurable, and to give something up like that, mean that's taking something else away from you, that shouldn't be taken away.
4: Good point. Totally. Haley, you got anything on
2: your mind?
5: Well, I can relate a little bit, but I think, it's because I have to have friends that are in recovery or sober for this reason, that... They- <laughs> Because as a closet drunk, no one ever got to see Haley outside of her house to have fun. And I'm actually a lot of fun. So I'm like, how do you make friends? And like, I'm so much fun. You want to hang out? You know, I'm 37 years old. I don't know how to make friends. that are, like, <laughs> Unless they're in recovery, because they're not going to understand my personality. They're not going to get my jokes. So I guess I do always in my recovery, sometimes I feel really isolated when it's not. Like my friends and like on social media recovery, my groups I do on there, are just I feel I do feel I don't want to go back to being isolated because that was my drinking problem. I was just isolated all the time, so that I, I do struggle with that for my recovery process. Even though I'm not, I know about the I'm not going to relapse just because I know that I will die, thanks to that liver. But um, yeah, that that does get isolated, and it could just you know. Creep in when I least expect
1: it. The recovery takes a level of maintenance, right?
5: Yeah, it's, it's like, and they think strangers will congratulate you, but people you know forever. Like, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> Only thing I get is, "Yay, you're a permanent DD." You know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's interesting. The people that I surrounded myself before I quit are very different people that I surround myself with now, and. Yeah it's taken me a while i remember going to parties and stuff like that where they would buy me a whole bunch of booze and i showed up with a water and i was terrified to go to the party because i didn't not the party itself but i didn't want to have to answer that question hey steve we got a whole bunch of beer for you over here in this cooler blah 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 it's all craft beer and and that the, the version of steve that they knew before that was you know not 3 or 4 months sober would have been all over that. I would have emptied it. But the version that showed up actually had to say, "No, I'm not going to drink today." And everyone looked at me like, "What is wrong with you?"
2: Yeah. And
1: gave me that look. "Are you okay?" And I'm I'm I'm, I'm literally standing there smiling, right? Like I'm standing a- and in and my armpits are sweating like <laughs> I am uncomfortable in this position, like sure there was sweat in places that we don't need to talk about too but my (laughs) armpits were sweating for sure like i'm so super nervous in that situation having to turn around and 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 face all of these people that i i I had called friends because i was terrified of being judged or whatever it was and i i just kept saying you know no i'm not going to drink and talk about people not wearing glasses but have having four eyes and looking like you're an alien, right? Cuz that was the Steve they knew forever. Yeah. But eventually, they get to either know a new version of you if they stick around or a different version of people that will that show up to support you happen. I think there's a level of loneliness that happens in recovery when we try and start finding, I know it happened for me when I try and start finding the people that lift me up instead of pull me down and discerning between those two is incredibly difficult because some of them are loved ones and some of them are married and like I'm, I'm, I'm divorced because that relationship didn't work out. Drunk Steve and Sober Steve are two very different people. Drunk Steve ran away from his life. Sober Steve is learning how to look at life and face it head on and build a relationship
2: with myself. Recovery. Awesome. And there's, I mean, there's like three main types of people I've noticed too that kind of fit into that category where you, know, you got the people, there are all staring at you, you know, the ones that say, oh, come on, just, just have a drink. Like, you know, and then they get kind of angry with you. And then once you kind of look into that, you realize you're know, like, they're just throwing a mirror onto themselves because they don't like what they see in themselves in you mm-hmm. because they see something, someone they knew that used to drink really heavily, or maybe you're, you're brand new. You don't even know this person and you're in a crowded bar on a Friday night. It's New Year's Eve, whatever it is. And you're not having a cocktail and that shines a light on them knowing they know that they've got a problem but they would rather be surrounded by other people that have that same problem the other person is obviously the sober person or the person that just really doesn't care that's like okay cool which is the most preferable person i find them to be not as common as as the other two and then there's <laughs> my favorite that will come up to me and like you know i'll be like nah you know i've been i've been sober for almost 10 years it was out of absolute necessity like you know mine was it was life or death you know, it's, it's what I do now. And they're like, you know, I thought sometimes think I shouldn't maybe drink as much, you know, like, you know, I, 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 I'm only just drinking tonight. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I don't care what you're doing, but this isn't about you. You, you could drink, uh, you could drink listerine at 8am in the morning. I used to, I don't care if you need help and you want somebody to talk to, I'll gladly give you uh give you my dumper and we can start to chit chat. And I can tell you what worked for me, but you do you, I don't care. You don't have to tell me, and I'm not upset that you're drinking. I've had people come up to me like when I'm at a bar, and they're like, "Hey, sorry, I'm drinking in front of you." I'm like, "I'm at a bar." <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. If if you came into a like an Amy with a bottle of Jack, I would be like, "That's that's maybe not the the right time and place." But I'm at a bar. I'm at a Broncos game. Whatever. No, cheers. Oh, i am a root beer. It's fine. Right. <laughs>
5: My, uh, my best friend took me to a bar on my six-month sober anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: Here's the test. Shoes, but shoes wisely. Yeah.
5: But wow. The poor bard was so confused. She's like, that's something okay. she only drank at home and thought we didn't know. Anyway, so it was really funny. <laughs>
2: As a retired bartender, like I promise you, bartenders are thrilled to see us literally because there's one less idiot they're going to have to deal with. Chance. are, yeah. we know how to tip. We make their life easier. And, uh, you know, we kind of keep our eye out for each other. That's one of the things in sobriety, the app I, uh, I developed is there's a whole mocktail list. So people that are new in recovery can reach into their end their pod and grab their phone, pull up a whole list of mocktails, show it to the bartender and say, Hey, can you make me one of these? So they don't even have to have that conversation. A lot of times if you have that glass, it has the lime and the little black straw sticking out of it. Yeah. No one will ask you a darn thing if you don't want to talk about it. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it certainly beats like having the big red soda cup because then you feel like the spotlight's following you around the room. Sometimes That's just right. having a glass in your hand feels good.
5: Check that out. That's your app,
1: Johnny? Yeah. I, okay. We'll yeah. definitely get that shared and it'll be in the show notes and it'll be in, in all of the places, Johnny. So I don't know. I think I'll wrap this up here, everyone. Just keep going and going if we don't. Oh, I know, I, it's it's, <laughs> it's all good. I, I love the conversation and the conversation and and the different perspectives and, and the different lives that we've led that we're sharing with everyone, the different experiences. I, I think the nuts and bolts of all of this is, is sobriety is, is removing the substance from our life. And, and then recovery is substance or substances or whatever it is, whatever's removing us from actually having that clarity. And then recovery is the how. What are we going to do to move through life and have the, like a healthy emotional response to, to our surroundings? Like it's, it's, it's new. It's almost like you're a kid again sometimes because you get to re experience everything all over again with this fresh set of eyes. And it's actually a really wonderful discovery experience if we let ourselves have that. We talked about taking accountability. And John, you said uh, every addict has a beautiful soul. We just have to go through recovery to find it. And I thought that was a really beautiful way to, to sum that up. For everyone else that's listening right now, Julie has a thing that she likes to say or talk about when she's talking about people new in recovery and she says i wish i could hand you a photo album of what your life could look like or what your life will look like after a year or two of sobriety like show you what your future would look like if you just quit and put started to put some of that work in because it changes and it's wonderful and it's If you listen to us right now, you can hear all of these experiences from all different levels of sobriety, and there's smiles and there's laughter. Like, there's a lot of change that's involved, but it's one of the most beautiful experiences I think we've, and I don't think anyone's going to argue with with me. It's one of the most beautiful experiences you've ever had, and I know it is for me. So I want to say thank you, Johnny Joy. Thank you, John. Thank you, Robbie, and thank you, Haley for being here tonight and for sharing your experiences and your hope. Thank you guys so much. To our listeners, as always, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen today. And we hope that this episode has shed some light on your path of recovery. If you found it helpful, please take a few minutes to rate and review through the Glass Recovery Podcast on whatever platform you listen from. It's a great way to let us know you appreciate what we're doing.